Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest honor! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the greatest show on earth. This is Talking Terror, and we are here once again to beat the midweek blues. Over on drums, we got the birds. Over at the rooftop. Over on stacks, we got Tweety. Over on the trombone, we got Tweety McTweeterstein. Hello. Welcome to the band. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcoming you back. We hope you're doing okay. Tonight, we have the demonic Dr. Dave's pick. Dead Sushi from 2012, directed by Noboru Aguchi. I said it right, and I'm surprised. That's the last time I Noboru Aguchi! Aguchi-san! <laughs> and as you can tell, oh, we are joined senpai. by the bold, the beautiful, the Tweety himself, the Gorgi Keith. Oh, hello. How are you? Are you ready for sexy fun time? Ah, uh, very. Yes, yes. Very much so. Arigato. Domo arigato. <laughs> I'm just missing my gun. I just need to find my gun. I've used just about every single Japanese word that I racially know. You know, I know that was very racist. I apologize to our Japanese audience. But you're talking to somebody here whose training pretty much comes from the Karate Kid movies, okay? Sorry, all one of you. (laughs) And and Kill Bill. (laughs) And we're also joined fresh out of the cage, out of tapioca, the Mad Monkey. Hey there, Fright fans. This is your furry, sexy, satanic stimulant, the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live mm-hmm. from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. I'm here joined by, the, as always, the lovely Nurse Johnson, where this weekend we try to spice it up a little bit and try to do some body sushi. But Nurse Johnson wasn't really digging it when she kept finding fur in the fish that she kept putting all over my body. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to be the other way around. I, I felt sexy, but, you know, <laughs> moving on. Do we have the demonic Dr. Dave in the house? Konnichiwa. Oh, oh you, you, you say konnichiwa like a Japanese would say konnichiwa. <laughs> Domo oragato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey, I'm excited to be here for yet oh, another episode of Talking girl. Terror. Uh, yet oh, another episode of techie, Talking Terror, bringing uh, the finest uh, in cuisine from the Far East uh, to just tantalize and tickle your taste buds, amongst other things, this evening on the Talking Terror program. Exactly, and we cannot wait to talk about that later on in the show. Of course, all I can think about is the Dave Chappelle show, when the Wu-Tang Clan got picked up by uh, China, and they just said, Konnichiwa, bitches, and just put up the the Wu-Tang sign. I just want to interrupt real fast, but... Uh, is what I'm hearing in my ear, ghoul, are those your fucking chickens that I'm hearing? Those, those are the fucking chickens, yes. Yeah. Can you, those like, fucking put them in a, can you, like, stick them in a fucking coop somewhere for right now or something? 
that is their coop. I will uh, I will have to ask the cool girl if at most I can move to the other room if it's that much of a distraction so for you. Wait, so what you're telling me is that you're broadcasting live from your chicken coop? Yes. Uh, yeah, he, yeah he, you know, he's, the ghoul he's, is in the coop. He, 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 he's, Not in, a sedan. He's, he's in Debo's chicken coop. <laughs> you know, uh, this is very, it's very inspiring. Similarly, uh, you might not be aware of this, but aware of this, but in the uh, 14-year saga uh, of Axl Rose trying to bring Chinese democracy to light, uh, the guitar player Buckethead uh, had them construct a human-sized. No, well, they had him Buckethead. They had they, he had them construct a human-sized chicken coop in the studio. And he reported, uh, recorded many of his guitar parts from inside a chicken coop. So uh, the ghoul and the buckethead uh, both have some things in common. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> that could be a new segment there, coming from the ghoul's chicken coop. Coming at you. <laughs> ghoul's chicken coop. Chicken coop corner with the ghoul. <laughs> the king's soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Got the King's Soap Box, and we got the Ghoul's Chicken Coop. <laughs> Coming up with all sorts now, of segments. Now, before we get too into the episode, I just want to sit there and give a quick shout-out to one of our new listeners, David T., who's out there. He's listening tonight. This is his first time ever listening to a horror podcast, and just wanted to say thanks for listening to the show. You're listening to the best fucking horror pack podcast there is. No reason to listen to any others. You, you nailed it. Sorry, first dude. Shot. Here you go. <laughs> first time, last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll I'll just since, since, since when is it? Right I just now. I I, I hey. yeah. Look, look, dude. <laughs> we're all thrilled you're listening right now, but I do have to say, since when is it on this show that we give public shoutouts to someone that's listening for the first time? How about we let this guy become a fan and listen for like six months and you know let us know about his fandom like some of like like one or two other people that have been listening for the last three years and uh, that's right. You know, like, that we can TA, him, TA is a motherfucker. Can, yeah. Yeah, then we can recognize this new person for his dedication. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what the doctor is trying to say, new listener, is fuck you. No, just kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening. First time last time. <laughs> We're not going to see him in six months. Night. Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, when you, when, once you get to the point where you're sending stalker packages to the king, you know, <laughs> then we'll recognize you again. Because that has also happened. Wait a minute, though. Come on, monkey. You're giving the bio for how you got on the show, monkey. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is absolutely true. <laughs> and look at me now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I got to say, monkey, if we're going to be doing shout-outs, let's shout-out to Crackhead Terry down the street who said, I love talking to her. I listened to five minutes, and it's great. Thank you, Crackhead Terry. There's your $5. I got you, buddy. Gonna get you that fix, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as always, thank you, Mom, for listening. You know, that now puts our listenership up to five. <laughs> That's a big number. Coming in hot. We're gonna be getting those podcast awards rolling in. <laughs> All right. So well, now that the monkey is, we uh, should win anyway because I way. think we're the only ones that actually put our own names in. That's right. <laughs> no shame in our game. I'll vote for me. Nope. <laughs> Best podcast. So well edited and put together. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing but professionals here. Goddamn right. <laughs> That's how we do it. Talking terror. Always. 
All right. Woo, so woo, with uh, the monkey's uh, cow dog corner out of the way. <laughs> can you all stop talking at the same time? I can hear nobody. Well, I hear fucking chickens, okay? Chickens. That's all I get to hear. Chickens. Whoop, whoop. Chickens. Did you watch that video that I sent you with the chicken fucking? I don't know if he did. And what's with the what's with the car alarm? I got chickens in the car alarm. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I can't help that. That, that was there's a parking that, lot. That was, that, 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 that was that's. I'm sorry. I set that off at the rehabilitation clinic. I was trying to get out. That that was the alarm on the door. <laughs> yeah. Dogs barking, chickens fucking chirping, <laughs> car alarms right. ringing. Jesus Lord, man, what are we talking you about on the show all. again? I, I don't I don't know, but Ghoul, I did just ask you, I don't know if you heard me, if uh, you had by chance watched that chicken fucking video that I sent you. <laughs> what chicken fucking video, man? Where did you send right, it? Have to, give me your fucking text message, dude, like a few days ago. I'll have to resend it. Oh, yeah, please do. Did I watch it? Like a regular text, man? Yeah, it was a, a link to a video with, with newscasters fucking t- with talking about a fucking a chicken. <laughs> oh, hmm. keep on fucking that chicken. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I remember that one, man. You gotta remember, I got a new phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, because uh, it's so hard to tell the text messages on this phone from the last phone. No, you fuckhead. It means I might not have that text anymore. Depends <laughs> on how long ago you sent it. No, see, my first message, my first message on the new phone that I have from you is Hank has one more year on the contract and is 37. He doesn't want to be traded and is fully bought into the rebuild. But the losing oh, did that get was, to him this so season. So then you, then you definitely have the chicken fucking video. I definitely I do. You. I didn't see it. You should. I mean, I can send it again if you're that desperate to see it. I know you've been begging me. Uh, no, no, I've got you know things I sent you like. Jesus talking about that he woke up three days later in some cave and the shit was crazy. (laughs) Skywalker Ranch. uh, The fucking Ronnie Munn phone call. (laughs) Yeah. Your hockey videos. No, I don't have the chicken fucking video on here. All right. All right. Unless you sent it via Facebook. My bad. I will will examine my feeds Uh, and and delivery methods. Okay, well, Maybe I'm going to send it over to the to wrong person. Back. I hope you didn't send that to, like, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't send it to your mom. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let's get off of mothers because I, I just got off of yours. Let's get off of yours. Oh, good to go. Oh, snap. Snap. <laughs> now we are fucking, now we are in the schoolyard once again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Burn Corner. We just snap. Okay, we don't want to know about your herpes, buddy. It's all good. It still burns. It still does. I'm not gonna lie. It's like nails. But enough about. Oh my, my god! Will you fucking deep fry those fucking birds already? <laughs> <laughs> They're not big enough for chicken wings yet. If I wouldn't know this was in this. If I would have known this was the case, snack at this point. Uh, uh, popcorn chicken. There you go. Just pop them <laughs> out. If if I would have known this would have been the case, I would have chose poultry guys for tonight. <laughs> been a good one. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Doc. So what do you have for us for uh, hard talk tonight? 
Lorraine Warren is dead. Yay! <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, so uh, apparently she, she's a lady and her husband, and they were like, oh, Annabelle is real. And now they made a cinematic universe, and now she's dead. Correct. That sums up her career. Sorry, all you fans really, I believe they wrote, they wrote a bunch of books. They, they, you know, they basically uh, you know, created a whole cottage industry about themselves as paranormal investigators. And uh, a lot of what they investigated has been turned into feature films that have been very popular within this Conjuring universe. And uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren, uh, you know, played uh, in those movies by actors and actresses that I can't think of their names. Uh, but uh, Vera Farmilla and whatever the guy's name is. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. And uh, anyway, so Lorraine Warren is dead. God rest her soul, and well, hopefully yeah. there is no paranormal revenge in the afterlife uh, for all her exploitation. <laughs> well, since she was psychic, do you think she saw it coming? <laughs> she should have. <laughs> Must have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what's going to happen to all their haunted shit now? Is it going to burn it to the ground? <laughs> Donate it to charity? Or she's just going to haunt her husband the rest of his life. He's dead. He's dead. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he died. He, oh, that, that oh, years ago. Yeah. They make the whole plane out of the black box. <laughs> so well, she's Ray the one Warren's that's been dead. cashing in on all of this. So she's the one that's generally been cashing in on all of this Conjuring Universe stuff that's been going on lately. Correct. Making a bank. Uh, okay. And doing well. <laughs> Don't have to do speeches anymore at universities. <laughs> no, no, no. Those checks stop rolling in. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ray Warren's dead. I have nothing to say about that. Uh, they can't even feel bad about it. So hey, listen. Uh, moving on, Doc. So Stephen King, who's been in the news so much lately, uh, okay. properties, properties of Stephen King. Uh, flying to the theaters near you at rapid pace these days. Uh, but one of his smaller works, uh, I was reading about a, a, a story of his that I never read that I don't even think I was aware of. Uh, that was published in 2003 in Esquire magazine. Uh, it actually won the National Magazine Fiction Award in 2004. Uh, this was a short story that he wrote called Rest Stop, or The Rest Stop. And mm-hmm. Uh, in this story, apparently, it uh, is a story about a man who uh, witnesses and intervenes in a horrible domestic violence incident at uh, a rest stop, and they are now turning this into a feature film. Um, but there are going to be some changes made that's going to uh, be a, and I quote, twisted journey of two women uh, who have an uh, encounter at a rest stop. So a little bit of plot uh, shenanigans going on here, but, uh, you know, there's been so much news about Stephen King's stuff going to the big screen, so here's just another one. So I was excited to tell you all about it this evening on the Talking Terror Show. <clears throat> yeah, that's not a, a remake. <laughs> yeah, no. No, not like another one that's coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Seems like every time you sneeze, Stephen King has another movie coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. 
Um, but yes, yeah, should we get theatrical? You said that. Uh, yes, that is going to be theatrical. I figured that would hit like Lifetime, like Dick Driver did a couple years ago, that short story that he did, which is actually pretty good. But yeah, that was a Lifetime. Gerald's uh, game on Netflix. So I guess if they want to do it theatrically, I guess now is the time to do it. Well, he's still hot. And everyone's jumping on the remake train. <laughs> well, no, it's original, so you got to give them that much. You know, it's an original no. story that he wrote. Said, no, retread. I'm just saying. While I'm just saying, while he's hot, and everyone else is jumping on the remake train. That's what I said. The King remake train. The remake train. In general, or the King one, because the King one's always coming around. That's always coming around. No, the station. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Is the King, the King stuff that's always just popping out now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that train is always hitting that station every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that you can touch your watch to it. <laughs> All right, I have left the chicken coop, so Ooh, this way God. we will have a much more peaceful experience. Okay. Um, I missed and, uh, chickens yeah. were harmed. So. No chickens were harmed. No, in the no, ch- no chickens were harmed in the making of this show. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Doc, what are we doing? Moving on. What do we got? Hey, man, uh, well, I don't get a say on the fucking Stephen King shit, dude. I think it's a good thing that they're making the fucking Salem's oh, Lot movie. Give it some money. Make an actual theatrical Salem's Lot, okay? The original TV movie, while good for its time, needs an update. I didn't see the one from 2004 or whatever year it was. Oh. I had no fucking idea it was even made. Yep, 2004 on so, TNT. Rob Lowe, Samantha Mathis, uh, Donald Sutherland. Oh, what a travesty that was. Give it's us a real movie. Let's see it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I kind of give it to you that much, but I don't know. I'd much rather see this original movie coming out based on Rust Stop, you know, than Salem's Lot. I felt the same way about Carrie when it came out again and again, 2002 yeah, and a couple but, years ago. But, I mean, the difference is, is, one, the original Salem's Lot was a television film as well, was not a theatrical yeah. movie. Um, no. Carrie was a theatrical movie. And Carrie was also a well-received movie, you know, where Salem's Lot has some fan base to it, never mm-hmm. achieved the same status, and never had a film made. You know, it's not like the recent no, cemetery close, thing, man. where the movie that was made in 89 was so much, you know what I mean, was an actual theatrical film of decent popularity. That movie, right. I don't understand why you get a remake, too. Salem's Lot? I get it, you know, with the technology changes and things that they can do today. That's the kind of movie that I can see benefiting from a remake. Yeah, I will give it to you in that way. You know, that it could benefit. They could do a bigger budget. Um, James Wan is behind it, so that kind of leaves a little bit of credence. Uh, Gary Doberman, who wrote It, is also writing the screenplay. So it's got a little bit of weight to it in terms of what they can do. Um, just have to wait and see. Like, I, I like uh, It, the theatrical release, better than I like the TV movie. Even though I think the TV movie has a lot of merit, I thought that the movie was a lot better. So we'll have to see. Now, according uh, to the Ghoul think- Girls, since we shifted rooms, the fucking chickens have gotten completely silent. So apparently, they just want to be a part of Talking Terror, too. They want to have their opinions heard. We need to know what they think about this stuff. What do they now, think about now, the did you, did you also say, King, that Toby Hooper directed the original one? Yeah, he directed the original TV series mm. in 79. With David Soul oh, okay. and Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, yeah, he did it. And it was good. Just remember, it was, uh, dated. I just remember the kid floating in the window. Like, that's the, the one oh, big yeah. thing that I remember from that. And I remember them doing that again in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, 
you know, that's what that reminded me of, that scene with Luke Perry inside and uh, David Arquette outside the window floating around. Let me in, Mike. No, no, man, you're a vampire, man. (laughs) You're floating, dude. (laughs) Man, it's such a good movie. i got to rewatch that again one of these days. Well, maybe we'll cover it on the show. Good. Just that one vampire that has that death with the snake in his heart. Ooh, ah, me. Ooh, ah, oh. That's Pee Wee Herman. That is Pee Wee yeah, Herman. Man. That is Paul Rubens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that until years later. Ooh, ah, yeah. ooh, ah. <laughs> I was like, Pee Wee? Oh, man. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that when I watched it the first time. But, yeah, that's a fun one. And rest in peace with Perry as always. That's when I do miss. Not so much Wayne Warren. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so Doc, yeah. moving uh, away from King Country, what else do we have? King Country. Our, our old, and I'm, I'm sorry, Ghoul, that you didn't get a chance to share your thoughts about Salem's Lot. I'm sorry. But uh, I did share. What are you, you know talking about? I just shared my fucking well, thoughts. Well, I was Where about the fuck to, were you? I was about to move on to the next item. I was about to move on to the next item. And I realized or you brought it to our attention that you felt that you had been, your ideas had been left behind. So I'm glad you got a chance I, to share. I felt slighted. I did. I felt slighted. Oh, I'm so, well, I'm, I'm apologizing for the slight. I'm trying to make amends. Why, thank you. You may. Well, by offering seven virgins to the ghoul, <laughs> the top tries to make amends. Moving on. <laughs> uh, your, your old pals and my old pals, uh, Tucker and Dale, uh, seem to be heading back our way in yeah. some fashion or another. Uh, apparently, uh, the whole creative team, uh, everyone is on board and that they actually have a couple of things in development right now. Uh, they have not elaborated on what those things are, but they said that things are looking pretty good, that they're doing this for the fans, uh, nobody is getting rich off of this in any way. We're doing it all for and the nookie. This is, yeah, this is, <laughs> this, is the, this is for the fans who stuck with it and made it what it is. So uh, the the I, I don't have it in front of me, but the names of the actors who played Tucker and Dell, as well as the writer and directing team, uh, is is ha- having some irons in the fire uh, with the Tucker and Dell universe. I thought Tucker and Dell. Uh, versus evil, which that movie being like ten years old already, like it, it, it just it doesn't seem like it's that old to me. Nine, um, it's already ten years old. Nine, yeah, but almost mm-hmm. ten years. nine years, almost ten years. Uh, Man, <laughs> you know it just it just doesn't seem like it's that long. And I don't know that movie is just super fun. Uh, you know, and you know uh, I I think it's fun to see. Uh, it'll be fun to see what these guys are, are cooking up, uh, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, that is uh, Tyler Levine, Alan Tudyk, with Eli Craig, directing and writing. So we get the names out there um, of who was in that movie. I knew I could count uh, King. <laughs> always. <laughs> uh, Ghoul, uh, where do you stand on Tucker and Dale? I mean, I know I love it. Uh, Doc loves it. I know that the monkey does, too. Hell, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, listen, it's a very, very enjoyable, fun film. Uh, for me, it was a bit of a surprise, you know, it wasn't one that I had heard of, wasn't on my radar. I don't really do the horror comedy thing or really look for it all that much. Um, so, yeah, watching that, and plus it had that really hot chick from 30 Rock, man. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. 
Whatever her name. I don't even know her name, dude. All I know is she's fucking cute. She's got that little face. Sort of grab it and yeah, do bad things. Or else I'm gonna get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Katrina Katrina Bowden. Katrina. Yes, yes Katrina Bowden. I'd like to bow um, her. Like a flex. Yeah, but I, I do like what the uh, the docket said because Tyler Levine was the one that gave that interview. I mean, it said openly, we're not making money off of this. It's not like we make a part two. We're going to be, oh, fucking rich, stress for our lives. No, they're doing it for the fans. You know, it's been nine years, going on ten. People want another movie, and uh, I think that's what we should get. I know that they've been teasing possible series, too. Uh, maybe not a movie, but a series. I just kind of want a movie. I'd rather just have a sequel, make a movie, and be good. I don't think it's enough for a series. I think it's good enough for a 90-minute film. I think having to try and write them into a horror universe every episode is going to be a bit of a stretch writing-wise. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be a much easier process to just do one film. So I'm on board with you, King, about this. Like, you know, as much as I would love to see the ongoing adventures of Dale and Tucker versus Evil, I do think... Tucker and you know, Dale. It... <laughs> Get it right. Anyway, anyway <laughs> I think it would just be an easier concept to try and just do a one-shot film than... As opposed to an ongoing series. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've had a doozy of the day. killing the child. <laughs> I'm throwing rocks at him, all right? <laughs> Let me have my fun while I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> they don't like it, I have fun. <laughs> so moving on from Tucker and Dale. Doc, what do we got? The Full Moon Films has announced their... Uh, next batch of projects, which they're referring to as their Deadly Ten, uh, where there's going to be ten features created uh, right before our very eyes. But they will be bringing back some of their most notable properties, and uh, the two uh, here are two of these that stood out to me. Uh, there is going to be yet another Puppet Master movie, uh, and what is going to set this one apart from all of the rest is that this is going to be the Puppet Master debut of a puppet standalone feature uh, that is going to be a story involving only the hook-handed puppet called The Blade. Uh, He is getting his own movie after all of this time. Uh, So everyone is very excited about that. And then secondly, the second second notable project... Uh, coming from the Deadly Ten from Full Moon, is going to be the official sequel titled Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama Part 2. And <laughs> returning, returning, returning cast member Linnea Quigley couldn't be more excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, is she going to do a workout? <laughs> yeah, she forgot that it's not the 80s anymore. i got to give her credit. <laughs> She's just stuck in that decade. Good for her. <laughs> just never left. It's like it's not 2019. It's 1989. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that one though because I I do like that movie. It's a guilty pleasure movie. By Full Moon. So bizarre. So the, ori- weird. So the original one does that? How long did that one come out? Uh, that was 86, 87. I want to say. Oh shit. Oh, shit, and they're just now doing a sequel to it? Well, you know, it takes time. Got to develop ideas. 
<laughs> Got to get the fan base yeah. behind it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Longest <laughs> fundraiser in public 1988. Ever. <laughs> okay, 88. So, yeah. Okay. Still, take time. You know, these, these <laughs> ideas just don't come out of the air. You know, they gotta they gotta write a rich story. You know, they gotta get the effects in place. I mean, you know, can't expect Full Moon to just be cranking out these movies because that's not what they do. They're craftsmen. <laughs> they are. They are masters of their craft. Yeah, they're not Marvel. <laughs> they they would and just punch out a bunch of movies. They take their time. They get their stories out. Yeah, I just I can't believe they're making a movie based off of Blades. Like, I don't know why that's the most iconic, uh, you know, puppet master puppet. To me, it's not. I mean, there's so many better he's puppets. he's cool looking. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think there's just so many I better I get puppets. the character's popularity. I just don't see any one of those puppets being able to be the the main impetus and character right. of a no. story. And no, the whole no. idea is that there needs to be humans that the puppets kill. And normally more than one puppet is the way to go. I mean, are they going to have like war of the puppets? Like, what's going on? <laughs> that might be fun, I, but no, just have a standalone movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, especially when it. we've seen that you know how easy it is to defeat just one puppet in the movie. Anyway, is like you know one just isn't strong enough in my opinion to so carry on a whole movie. You know, he gets his head lopped off in the first five minutes. So okay, it's done. We're yeah, moving on. <laughs> it's a short. 15-minute movie. <laughs> that, exactly. That'll be the Blade stand with him. <laughs> he shows up, gets his ass kicked, end credits. Stay tuned for Blade 2. It's actually going to be an extra when they come out with the Littlest Rake sequel. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an extra on the Blu-ray. Did you ever want to see a standalone movie? Now's your chance. Thank you, Charles Dan. You rock. I would watch it if it was supplemental. I would definitely watch it. But not a feature length. Um, but, yeah, that's something to stay tuned. I mean, I'm glad that Full Moon is still out there, though, making movies, as silly as they are. I mean, they can be entertaining at times. I mean, I've watched Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man, I don't know how many times, and still found fun <laughs> in those movies. They just know how to make goofy movies that are, that work. <laughs> Stressing that works for later. <laughs> Unlucky Charms, hell yeah. I'll watch that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. I mean, like, I don't know, like, the, the idea of Evil Bong, all that stuff, it sounds like it could be fun, but I avoid it, like the plague, man, I just, I, just, I, I can't put myself to to just do it and well, watch them. Those movies like, are hangover me. movies for me, though, I mean, I put those on, like, a Sunday morning, when I'm laying on the couch feeling like death from the night before, and I'm like, I just want to watch something stupid, I'm still on Full Moon Channel, on YouTube, see what's going on there, and watch those movies. <laughs> King's been, been yeah. partying. I every hey. Friday and Saturday night, baby. I get out there, go to the discotheques, and pick up the ladies. When was the last time that happened? 1979. <laughs> that was a good year for me. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our next bit of business. What do you got for us, Doc? Uh. We, I had reported about some uh, marathon retirement specials that Joe Bob Briggs was uh, involved in for uh, the Shutter Network uh, with his marathons that he was doing. But apparently retirement was on hold because uh, this led to a new 
uh, last drive-in series mm-hmm. uh, on the Shutter Channel. So uh, just recently, the first season has debuted. Uh, it was made up of four episodes, each one being a double feature. Uh, the first episode was Chud and Castle Freak. Uh, the second episode was Cue the Winged Serpent and Society, which we've covered on this show. Uh, Good movie. The, the third uh, had Deathgasm and The Changeling, which we have covered on the show. And mm-hmm. the uh, fourth one had something called uh, Madman and then something called Wolf Guy, Electric Legendrop. Uh So uh, you can... If you're a fan of uh, Joe, Joe Bob Briggs and The Last Drive-In, this is now currently up for, for streaming on Shudder. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, I know, King, that you're a big, big fan of this guy. Huge fan. <laughs> Love The Last yeah. Drive-In and Joe Bob Briggs. Makes me well, want to get well, a subscription only, in Shudder. Well, not only has he been doing the tour for the cons and stuff like that, he's also had separate tours that he's been going on, on for The Last Drive-In as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been busy. Joe Bob Briggs had a revival. And he's a busy, busy yeah. man now with all his tours and interviews and cons. It's good yeah, to see him actually, back in the business and busy again. Yeah, if you go and check out uh, Joe Bob Briggs' website, he actually has a tour schedule going on about what shows he's doing and what's going on, which hopefully, you know, we're going to be seeing them this summer. <laughs> I'm hoping. You know, fingers crossed, me and the monkey are actually going to make it uh, out to Gettysburg for a Creature Feature weekend and meet Joe Bob Briggs in person. I'm, I'm fingers crossed for that mm-hmm. one. Very cool. He was at one of the the recent New Jersey horror cons. Um, yes, he was. Yeah, he was so, at that. So I know he is. Uh, he's making the runs, man. Speaking of, I'm quite excited over the the recent announcement on the NJ horror con. None other than Steve fucking Gutenberg, man. Mahoney so himself coming awesome. to the next one. So what? Cool. So yeah. yeah, I am stoked. Yes, he is. Wow, Dude, that is so great. That is so great. That dude is that dude. His character in that series, such a strange movie series. If you really want to break it down and look at it, but uh, what a great character! What a what a what a, what a just likable, friendly demeanor on screen. Uh, regardless, you know he's in a lot of stuff aside from the Police Academy movies. That was really well, really good. And uh, that's that's awesome that you're gonna get a chance to meet him. That's really cool. What cracks me up with the Police Academy movies, you know, I know obviously we're we're going off of horror for a minute. You know, I totally had forgotten that the first Police Academy was an R-rated film. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Police Academy. If you if you're to go I, back and oh go ahead go ahead King I don't mean a ghoul I don't mean no no well, what had happened was that you know my my son he was younger at the time I want to say he was like nine maybe ten you know he had his buddy over. And, you know, I was always liberal about letting them watch things, especially things from when I was a kid. So we mm-hmm. had it on DVD. He asked if, like, it was okay if they watched it. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, you know. I remember that movie coming out, you know, in the in the 80s. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I was 7 or 8. I probably didn't see it until I was, like, 11 or 12. But, you know, that movie came out. And, then, yeah, I was like, that movie's perfect for you guys. Why don't you sit down and watch it? And I don't know, a half hour, 45 minutes go by. You know, we hear the kids giggling here and there. All of a sudden, we don't hear anything anymore. And they come into the bedroom, and they go, you know, Donovan looks at me, and he goes, Dad, he goes, you know, me and Ethan wanted to know something. And we're like, what? He goes, what's doggy style? <laughs> and it's because of the one line 
that the one roommate says to Mahoney, and he goes, oh, you, you guys, you do it doggy style, you know, and he does the, the pumping motion and everything, and I was like, holy fuck, like, I really didn't expect that one to come out, and then I realized that, oh, yeah, this has got some, uh, some raunchy stuff going on in there. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, where we're starting to get the blowjob. Well, I was giving the speech. Yeah. Well, so does so does Gutenberg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. And again, little little things I had forgotten. It had been a while since I had seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, what was I was starting. No, what I was starting to say was that uh, Police Academy, the original movie, is like a straight up, legitimately rated R movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we. And like like the like the ghoul was saying, like sometimes because of everything that happened with that series over the years, that little fact sometimes gets clouded surrounding the first movie. But if you go back and watch the first movie, it is so uh, there is so much racial comedy, sexist comedy. Uh, this it's yeah. the kind of movie that never in a million years would somebody attempt to make today. Uh, it's totally totally a product of its time, and. Uh, for whatever the reason may be, especially because it was a hit movie in its R-rated state, uh, moving on from that into the second movie and beyond, uh, it became a series that was targeted towards a much younger audience. Um, well, there's a cartoon. There was a, car- there was a cartoon series. No, I know. I know like there was. A, I know there was a cartoon series. Uh, there was and toys. an action figure series. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying there was toys. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't know if I can think of another series that was so raunchy. Revenge of the Nerds. Toxic Avengers. Nah, Avenger the Nerds was one still, was rated was R, some... and there was a big difference between that and the second one, and then three and four. You know, I don't even talk about them because they were. Those, made I mean, for those TV. were different. Those were those were made made for TV made for TV movies. Um, certain, but uh, you know, the Police Academy had, uh, I think. In told uh, seven movies all together in the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I and so. um, you know, wow, what was the last the first? Mission to Moscow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay uh, Police Academy that. Five, Assignment, Miami Beach, Police Academy Six, City Under Siege, and then uh, Police yeah. Academy Mission to Moscow. Uh, the last now, one City of Under those Siege came back... after Miami Beach. Right, I totally forget. Yeah, that. Uh, City Under Siege. City Under Siege is part six. Uh, part, um, you know, part four. Uh, was the final appearance from Steve Gutenberg? Uh, yeah, he bowed out, and then it was uh, there was yeah there was like a um, in for part five assignment Miami Beach there was like a Lassard nephew that took over like mm-hmm. the like the male lead, um, but uh, so there was five and then and then City Under Siege and then Mission to Moscow. But um, the police the Police Academy the original movie is it's really really funny. It's in, in, in 2019, it's so inappropriate. Uh, but, you know, uh, part two, I, I feel like it's one of those series, too, that with each edition there was diminishing returns. Uh, part two is still highly entertaining as well. Um, you know, there's just some really, really talented comedic actors in that series. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of, kind of series overall that you just kind of don't see anymore. So I think it's totally awesome that you're going to get a chance to meet Steve Goodman. Was part two Citizens on Patrol? Was that the second one? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that's, no, no. Police Academy Two was their first assignment. Police Academy Two was called their first assignment. Three okay. was back in training. Three was back in training, uh, and four was Citizens on Patrol. Okay, so that was fourth. Okay, so second was first assignment. Okay. I I, I, I can. You guys, this is really funny that this came up because 
I, I don't think if I like that, if I to just say this out loud that you would ever believe this, I would have to actually send you like my YouTube search history. But I swear within the last five days, like I got lost in the YouTube suck hole and like watched yeah. a whole bunch of highlights from Police Academy 2. <laughs> That's probably out of the entire series the one that I've seen the least because it never seemed to be on cable. Like Police Academy yeah. Three, Back in Training was on all the time. Citizens on Patrol was on all the time. Um, and yeah, I remember catching one quite often, but two was always the one that like eluded me for some reason. Yeah, I don't remember two very well. I know Citizens on Patrol was on a lot. Miami Beach was on a lot on HBO, and then Arms and Danger. Or you know what? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me correct that. Two wasn't the one that I that I missed all the time. Three was the one that wasn't on very often. Back in training, two was on quite a bit. That's the one where uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is still the, a punk member, isn't he? He's a bad guy. In yeah. the no, end. in part two. In part two. In part two, he is the leader, the leader of the, of the gang. gang. In part that's three, what I'm saying. Uh, he, that was the one that he, the that's the one academy. that I saw a lot. Okay, three yeah, was not on cable all the time. Two was on cable right. all so, the fucking time. In in part two, uh, the character of Sweet Chuck is the shopkeeper that keeps getting robbed by Zed, uh, Bobcat yes. Goldthwait's character, and then they're both in the police academy in part three, and they for the rest of the series they end up being like a comedic duo uh, where they're always partnered up and getting into hijinks together. Oh, okay. What was the one where they had the they were in the van and they had the, the body in the back of the van? They were trying to scare the recruits. Was that two? Uh, that that was uh, that was Citizens on Patrol uh, because was it was the it was the skate punks. It was like the skate punks that had got right. forced to go to the police academy because they were skateboarding all over town. One of those punks was played by uh, David Spade, and the other one of those punks was played by. The actor, I can't think of his name right now, but he played the nerd character that was in love with Jennifer Jason Lee in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and he also played the dude that uh, oh, had like a uh, yeah, and he he also played the dude who had like a puppeteer job truck that went out of control that landed him in driving school in the '80s classic Moving Violations. And he was oh, also in the oh, nice. He was in the Monkey Stuck to Burning. I remember that movie. <laughs> Kids showed up in a lot of 80s movies. But yeah, okay. So now I know that's part four. Okay. <laughs> so he was like the 80s. Like, you know, I look at him, and he reminds me of, like, what we would see from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, Jason Biggs. Yes. That is a great example. And I don't even know what happened to that guy. Like, he just fell off after the 2000s. Like, something happened to Jason Biggs. Because I don't hear from him anymore. You know, No, dude, he was uh, – I, I feel like this series – I watched like some of the first season, but never stuck with it. Uh, he was one of the main characters in the long-running, hugely successful Netflix series *Orange Is the New Black*. Oh, well, see, I never watched that. So, okay. Yeah. So, in that in that in that show, uh, a woman goes to prison, uh, and he in, he's her husband. He plays her husband on the outside, who's trying to deal with her being in prison. He was in that show. Huge successful show. Uh, what wow. I saw, I really, really liked. I think I saw just the first season. So once for, again, for no Jason Biggs is somebody's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's not in prison. Oh, it, it's I know wife. he's not it's in prison, women. but be, being that the show is pretty much centered around women, you know, he's going to be a side character on the show. Well, that's interesting. Wow, he's still working. That's good. <laughs> I only know him from American Pie movies and Loser. 
with Mina Suvari that came out back in the mid 2000s. Oh, I, I back think of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, man. You know, hey, you're the Oh, yeah. With the Dawson. It's the Dawson. <laughs> the Dawson. <laughs> it's a beak on the creek. <laughs> uh, not ta- no, he's no, married. No. Talking about the creek is a whole other thing, man. Another day. <laughs> another yeah, show. let's not get started on he, that. Uh, <laughs> he's married. Uh, Jason Biggs is married to an actress. Uh, and I can't think of her name right now. Uh, but uh, she, like, they're crazy. Like, they, and they, like, they've talked about this in interviews. Like. Uh, she'll buy him like prostitutes, and they'll have parties with prostitutes, and she'll watch him with prostitutes and shit. Like Damn. they get into crazy, they get into some crazy shit for his Burgers birthday. She like gets shit. the hookers on his birthday and stuff. Jenny so, Mullen, Jenny yeah, Mullen, yeah, one, Jennifer, Jennifer, <clears throat> Jennifer Mullen or Mullen, yeah. Never heard of her. No. I'm sure I've seen her in something. I just don't know the name. But, wow, good for him. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a pie fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Always be a pie fucker to me. Wow! All of all of the all of all of the cir- the circle is officially closed because I was just looking up that dude from Fast Times and for Moving Violations. Uh, his name is Brian Backer, and in the year 2000, he starred with Jason Biggs in Loser. He was a loser. <laughs> I, mean, I, uh, I mean, he didn't star. He was a he was a doctor. <clears throat> he played his, his, totally his, makes his, sense. His, his his credit his credit in that movie is doctor so I'm imagining doctor. it's not a very big role. <laughs> so he probably had like a half a line. Same movie. Same movie. Wow, looking like looking in a mirror for Jason. Bale. Yeah, his last that dude's last credit is to 2012. He was in something called Vamps, and uh, his credit is middle-aged guy slash dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, he and had before that semi-lead in between, roles in, in between, comedies in between, to fucking not even a name. Well, in between Vamps and Loser, he was in something in 2004 called Marie and Bruce, and he was credited as waiter. How <laughs> <laughs> the mighty his last, his last, his last credited name. He was in something in 1999 called A Clown in Babylon, and he played somebody <laughs> named Blake. We can we can Blake. all make jokes all we want. We can and remember we're talking terror. Everything is in good fun. It's yeah, not it like we're doing any we're not doing any better as far as our acting roles go. So I'm not making I'm not saying that with any negative connotation. I'm just pointing no, it out. No. Dude, I fucking apps there are a couple of movies that, that guy was in that I absolutely fucking loved. Uh dude, the guy was in fucking moving violations. In my opinion, that's one of like the funniest fucking movies from the nineteen eighties. Uh, you know, like, I wasn't in Moving Violations. He was. I'm not making fun of him. Uh, he was in a fucking class. He's in, the, one of the, uh, he's in one of the Mount Rushmore comedies, of the Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, yeah. You know, like, you can't take the, whatever his career direction went in. You can't take that away from him at all, man. I'm not making fun. Jesus Christ, no. he was fucking Fast Times. And had a significant role in that movie nonetheless. But, hey, you know what? Listen, Ghoul, we're on TubiTV.com right now if you search Pretty Fine Things. You'll see us in a cameo in a party. It's so on Netflix. We're a pretty big deal right now, me and the ghoul. It's on Netflix. <laughs> so the King of Hearts good. and the Ghoul of Geek have officially been in official movie roles. <laughs> As Party Guy 1 and Party Guy 2. 
<laughs> yeah, we're in there. So, so, what, we don't, so Ghoul, what is that for you? We have sworn so what is that for you now, Ghoul? That one, man. But is that your third now. or fourth movie role for you, dude? Fifth or sixth, man. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be at least five Sweet. or six by now. Yeah, man, my, you know, we're, we're fucking, we're, we're big. We're, we're all the talk yeah. on the red carpet, man. You think fucking I mean, Endgame is a big deal? Dude, yeah. fucking King and Gold, dude. Yeah. Oh, Check us out on IMDb, of, we're there. We are living large on IMDb, <laughs> gaining those stars. Well, speak, speaking of in-game, okay, I know, Ghoul, you have your tickets. King, were you able to get your tickets unlocked for in-game? No, game? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, sold out. So, no. Doc, and, did you get your tickets to Endgame? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Okay, all right. I, I, no, but I have a question. I have a serious question, and this was this was on my list of things that I wanted to ask you guys. And this is I'm not making fun. This is a I swear this is a serious question. Um, Shoot. So, so event, no, don't, I'm serious. I want I want to know what you guys think about this. I feel like it's a relevant question uh, given the current climate of this movie coming out in the cinema. So, Avengers Endgame, correct? It's an Avengers movie. Yeah. Yep. Yes. All right. So Avengers Endgame is about to have its theatrical release. Now, uh, yes. you know, in I, it is of my opinion that in the history of movies, there are always these tentpole movies uh, that have a humongous audience that are that is chomping at the bit uh, to see it. Uh, based on some of the things that I'm reading, I feel like this is maybe even like before like the Force Awakens. I feel like. This is like the biggest like anticipated movie that I've ever heard of. And my question is to you, uh, I was reading about how several movie theaters are going to be staying open 24 hours a day for like five days straight. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like in, in, in the scope of things involving movies, I feel like I've never heard of such a thing before for movie theaters to stay open for 24 hours for, for five days. Uh, I understand that this is like a huge thing, and I'm taking nothing away from it. But I just, when I read that, I was like, that just, it just sounds extreme to me. So, are my thoughts of this being extreme that movie theaters are staying open around the clock? Uh, is, is my thoughts about that unwarranted, or is that, is that like legitimately what's going on with this thing right now? I mean, that's legitimately what's going on. I mean, you're talking about the culmination of 10 years of crafting a storyline into 20-plus movies that all come together and wrap up in um, All right, so by by it being called Endgame, so so I just want to make sure I have my facts straight. So by this being titled Endgame, like this is the grand finale. This is the finale of this storyline. As far as everything that built up, remember when you and me watched Iron Man at your house? Ten years ago. Yes. Yes. Okay, so what? Did we watch that at your house? Iron Man. No, we watched that at your place. Okay. I remember specifically hanging out at your pad. That was uh, Nicole had gone somewhere, and I had right. come and to hang out over, with right? you there. Yes. Was that the night that I made those I, fucking I, banging fucking? Was that the night I made those like banging fucking strip steaks and we got fucking shitty I, like kings? I, I believe so, man. I believe so. I believe Ernie Dog, you know, God rest his soul. I think he was still there. I remember him giving me kisses in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. sleep over oh, your yeah, place yeah. very often, so I kind of remember the times that I did, mostly because of those wet kisses from that fucking yeah. dog, that dog, man. 
Yeah. Oh, it was a dog. Okay, well, yeah. that was a roommate. So, <laughs> well, Ernie dog, you know, it kind of it doesn't <laughs> relate to a person. Anyway, though, so Morning what started Keith. right there with that film is now culminating with this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so like at the end of Iron Man, when there was like the secret Samuel L. Jackson cameo, like that was all the start of all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right, I got you. Yeah. So all this time later, there's been all of these movies, and like this whole thing wraps up with Endgame. So people that have been uh, following this storyline for all of these years, from movie to movie, uh, with from what I understand has been like an increase, an increasing amount of insane quality of these movies. People are like, holy shit! Like the it's the the time has come. It's the final story. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they're yeah. going to continue yeah. afterwards, yeah. but this is yeah, this is like the the big event yeah. that that closes the whole thing yeah. out for for at least this right. so major portion of it. Do you think? Do you think that in September, because it's going to be uh, the big finale that closes the whole thing out? Do you think that the movie theaters will stay open for 24 hours for Rambo Five? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. They have to. If they don't, we riot. Uh, I, I would love to see yeah. Obviously, to obviously that's that, not a serious uh, question. Obviously, unfortunately, the demand will not be there. I'm not in any but way That is the thing, man. Question. Like I, I had to get, you know, like my tickets I got through a, a person that I work with who had bought these tickets and then got an earlier showing, so he gave me these tickets. Um, I was going to go hardcore, pick Donovan up from school, bring him up here to Jersey to watch this with me, and then drive him back down to school, but then realizing that that would put me on the road for eight hours and in a movie theater for three, um, that wasn't happening. So instead, yeah, what I actually did was I was able to find one seat in tomorrow night's six o'clock showing of the movie. So he's going to be like one of the, the first people to see it. He's got a killer seat down there in Delaware, right close to his school. It's like five to ten minutes away from where he goes to school. Um, yeah. But that's the thing. Now, Everywhere. This is so yeah. loud. Yeah. I went to look for tickets. Yeah, no, I, under, I understand night. that. The closest and is like, in Windsor. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. My, what's interesting but, to me, now look, I feel that like, yes, if you follow it from city to city, most bands and you, and you go to concert, you know, it's going to be a different show, but like, or mostly, most of the time, it's going to be the same show, like to see a concert and like, you know, a sporting event you can go to, you know, a, a Knicks it's game a one-time thing. or a Yankee game once a yeah. week. Uh, and every time you go to a sports game, it's a different thing. Like, this is a movie. And when the movie plays, it's going to be the same exact thing the next day or the next week. I can't believe, and maybe people are just putting it out there. I don't know if this purpose is being made. But I was reading that people are trying to, like, resell tickets that they got for, like, thousands of dollars. thousands of dollars, I find that to be absolutely fucking insane. Mm Because it's not like, oh, I have to see, I have to go to this playoff game because it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a a one-shot deal. You know, it's like, it's going to be different, like, a week later. Like, oh, my God, you can't wait to see a movie for five fucking days (laughs) without a ticket available that you're going to spend thousands of dollars? I just don't understand that. Yeah. Okay. I think think part of the mindset goes to sorry monkey man it's just you know what this is all you after that you know me i got a big mouth um yeah monkey has a new fan that wants to hear him speak i think one of the big things with this is is trying to remain spoiler free if you're in today's society 
with yeah. social like I know you're not going to see me on Facebook or anything for the next five days, not until Sunday. I don't want to see anything to do with this film. Accidentally. You know, you don't want to check against anything. Like, I don't want to know anything that's going to happen. I need to go into this complete. That's why I was still looking. Even though I got tickets for Sunday, I was still looking to see if I could catch a 6 o'clock showing tomorrow. All that was available in, in America the East Windsor Movie evil. Theater was the fucking... I heard that <laughs> Ant-Man is going to go up Thanos' ass and expand, and that's how they're going to end this thing. That's right. He's a that's hero. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that that's the thing. So that's yeah. why I think there are people that are yeah. going to be willing to spend that kind of money, yeah. but I don't agree with it. I wouldn't. No, that yeah. But also, that being said, Doc, okay, all of your students, you know, like, these movies are what they grew up with. These movies are their entire childhood. And all of this is now, like the Google said, you know, coming to one key focal point. You know, so it's all of their childhood all jumbled up into one thing that's been building up to this thing. And, man, I'm, I'm telling you, like, all, all of the kids that are at your school and, and uh, you know, all through the millennial age, they are all over this fucking shit. You know, and, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting, you know, that I'm glad to hear you say that because it reminds me. But I am going to – I'm going to ask this tomorrow because I feel like in the school – I haven't heard a peep about this. And my ears well, are very open all the time. I'm yeah, always listening. Yeah. So no, I'm going to ask them tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's just I have some younger coworkers that are at the same thing. You know, just like the ghoul, you know, have to see it this weekend. You know, have to stay spoiler-free. And, again, it's, it's literally the past 10 years of it building up to this one point. You know, and for those of the people that want to – have been doing this and grown up on this for the past 10 years, they want to witness it spoiler-free, just like the ghouls said, you know, and they just want to have that moment. And that's why everyone's going so fucking nuts about this movie right now. It's a big deal for comic book fans and for cinematic fans, more likely. Well, you know, it's, like it's, it's not just comic book yeah. fans, man. It's, it's yeah, cinematic fans, yeah. Yeah, but because it's like most of the people that go to see these Marvel movies, you know, Google, feel free to back me up here, man. You know, is you know most of them aren't comic book fans. You know, yeah. they, you know, they're watching these movies, and you know, you you can't get them to read the books that these movies are based on. You know, I've tried to encourage people to be like, hey, you, you like the movie? All right, check out these Iron Man books. You know, it's they're pretty fucking cool. You know, and you can't get them to read the actual comics. But, you know, they'll, they'll be the first ones out there buying the Blu-rays the first day they fucking come out and stuff like that. <laughs> but they won't read a fucking comic book. No, I mean, I think, you know, again, kind of like the, the doc hit on the head, you know, the films have not only... You, you've broken boundaries with some of these movies. You know, when, when you used to say comic book movies, they used to, you know, mean a very specific style of film. You know, yeah, where it was uh-huh. just a Superman or, you know, a Batman, like the Tim Burton series or the 66 Batman. Like, that was what got put into your head when you heard comic book movie. Now we've got films that are actually comic book movies that are approaching social 
commentary like Black Panther, you know, or yeah. you know, like I've always said, you know, the Captain America Winter Soldier, things that are making comments on our government and secrecy and, and things like that. And then you've got your fun films that are like, you know, sci-fi style Guardians movies, my favorite ones. Um, oh, there's good. something in there for every nah, – I don't think anybody loves Ant-Man. Um, I do. <laughs> Paul Rudd is great, but those movies are, you know what, those movies are, are probably the, the most childish out of them. I feel like they target a younger yeah. audience, and they do that well, and that, that's fine. But again, that just goes to show you, there is a movie within all of the MCU for somebody. There are people that are not comic book fans that are watching these movies. There are people that are comic book fans that are watching these movies. There are people that aren't movie fans that are watching these movies. Like It has become a, a big thing. Uh, and if your kids aren't talking about it in Cali, I mean, it's, it's a surprise. It's a huge thing. They just had the red carpet there yesterday. I mean, like I said, I, I know that it happened. I'm avoiding everything to do with it. I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah. I, okay. I got an early copy of some major plot points if you would like me to share them with you now. Doc, um, no, don't, thank don't you, even do it. Good. Doc, seriously. Don't even no. joke. Don't I'm only kidding. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. But, <laughs> where did I get plot but, points from? Like, yeah, I fucking but, know anything. But, okay, now that we talked about that, I wanted to ask you guys, have you guys had a chance to see the trailer for the um, Swamp Thing show? Yeah, we trailer yeah. Have Huh? We don't have time. We'll have to save for next week because we're, we're cutting what? it on time. We're not cutting it on oh, time we're t- at all. We're, we're not cutting it on time. We're talking about dead sushi tonight, man. We're good. <laughs> Listen, hey, I want to make sure that we get time to cool. cover these movies. We'll get, to, we'll get to dead sushi, but there are pressing matters such as the Swamp Thing trailer. And I thank you for bringing that up, Monkey. It's about time you've had a news item. And, uh, you know, the full trailer uh, came out <laughs> The full trailer came out today. Uh, Monkey, please share your thoughts on the new trailer for the Swamp Thing series. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, and, yeah, yeah, the, the trailer dropped. Uh, it had a couple Easter eggs in there. Don't want to, you know, give them out or anything like that. But from what I read on Bloody Disgusting, you know, thank you guys. You know, it's that this thing is definitely going for an R rating. Uh, you know, but I'm enjoying the look of it, man. It's it's definitely looking like like the old school movie. You know, it's definitely got that feel to it. Um, Doc, did you see it? I did see it. I watched it today. I've been waiting for this thing. I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, the original Swamp Thing is one of my early kind of horror. Where the videos. fuck are you gonna watch uh, it? <laughs> what, isn't it? It's gonna be You're on Shutter, isn't it? For it but... DC. No, it's on their fucking DC streaming service. Oh, well, that's what the internet's for, man. I'm going to fucking watch it illegally. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's right. I reported last week on the potential shutdown. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, this thing has the look of like like, like a serious, California a serious horror, a ser- a serious <laughs> horror show. Um, yeah. Big monsters, body parts, body horror. Uh, you know, the trailer looked really fucking cool, man. I agree with you, monkey. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm kind of excited for this thing, and I am like in some way, shape, or form. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I didn't feel like I got weird enough for it to be like that, but, um, you know, I, I will look forward to seeing this in some way, shape, or form. I don't know if uh, yeah. the king or, or the ghoul got a chance to check out the full-length trailer, but, man, I got to say, it looks pretty fucking cool. I just saw the teaser yeah. trailer just the other day where they show him, I guess, kind of coming out of the swamp. And just he coming up out of the water. And... Yeah, there's a lot more in the full-length. Okay. Yeah, and and I was surprised how much 
in, in the trailer I saw uh, being taken from the original movie. You know, and from what I read, this is supposed to be based a lot on the Alan Moore run of the, his thing for Swamp Thing back in late seventies. So I'm really excited for them to, you know, go that back to that. That means nothing to the doctor. Just so you thing. know. Okay. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All I picture in the doctor's head at that point is like a is a J style reaction of who the fuck is Alan Moore? Who? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Why would you even try to like fucking say something like that about like, like that to me? <laughs> Everybody knows that he wrote Vendetta, V for Vendetta. Oh, good yes. job. Oh, right. oh, look at him coming out of the box. No, no right. That's what the internet is for. He he told us that hint before. <laughs> the fuck is the internet? <laughs> I mean, but I don't know much else, but I know I know that name from yeah. V for Vendetta, but I don't know much else. Yeah. He did V for Vendetta. He also did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen along with several Watchmen. long runs of DC. Yep. <laughs> The but League, of, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That movie was so awful it got Sean Connery to retire from acting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't care what you guys say. I, I fucking love that. Movie. All right, I'm Alan Well, they got talking about. <laughs> I'm quoting acting. This movie blows. <laughs> Damn, Sean Connery. I think that. I think that movie's a beautiful mess, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess, all right. <laughs> Come here, Tom Sawyer. You'll be my standard son because my fucking son I smacked the shit out of him and he died. <laughs> but do you guys oh, want to talk oh, about a mess oh, of a movie? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a mess of a movie. So, Doc, do you have? Are any you feeling hungry? <laughs> I am. Little, little bit. I, I'm starting, but I'm not. I'm not ready to eat just yet. Uh, there's one more thing I want to talk about. That's just a follow-up to something that we've been talking about. So it's my last item, and I, I just feel that. I want to uh, cover this because some new some new details have been have, have light new details and light has been shed. Uh, we've talked new about details? this ho- this missing footage from Halloween Five involving yep. Doctor Death and involving uh, you know the Steve the, Williams? the 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 Michael Myers <laughs> massacre of of the SWAT team in Halloween Five that. and how Donald Shanks has been you know on the hunt for this missing footage. I do think that the the way the information is being uh, kind of rolled out bits at a time that I feel like they must have this footage uh, and this is going to be leading up to some kind of special edition re- release. I know that that's, that sounds very much like something that the, the ghoul would say, uh, but that's what I'm saying here. But anyway, the information that Donald Shanks put forth this week, uh, he, he, he gave some, some specific details on some of the kills that took place during this Michael Myers massacre of the Haddonfield SWAT team, including how during the filming, and he said that the filming was done very quickly with like a second unit, uh, but during the filming, uh, he won with an M16, literally Mm -hmm. shoved an M16 through one of the officer's heads. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Nice. The scene, the scene where they're carrying out a SWAT officer that makes it look like his head was completely twisted around. He said all he did was put his clothing on backwards to make that effect. Uh, he also said that he breaks <laughs> next and also stomps on heads. And, uh, you know, all we know from this is that in the Halloween 5, we hear, like, screaming over the radio uh, right. as the massacre was taking place. Uh, one thing that I learned that I didn't know before 
is that Donald Shanks in Halloween 5 also played the man in black. Like, you guys might have known that, but I didn't know that he yes, played Michael Myers and, and the man in black. That was unbeknownst to me, uh, and I learned that in this story. Uh, but I'm curious to see if this footage does ever see the light of day. I would like to see an M16 go through a man's head, and I would like to see necks broken and heads stomped, because I like those kinds of things when I watch movies. He was supposed to be Michael Myers' Myers brother. It's Michael Myers showing Rambo how to do it. And I just don't <laughs> feel like that. Up and sent that goddamn I mean, I know, the fucking I know silly things happened with that series, but honestly, like, I don't know. It just, that just so, feels so far removed Out of place. from Michael yeah. Myers' MO. Like, it is mm-hmm. so, that set, like, what you're explaining there sounds like a, 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 <laughs> sounds like a Jason Voorhees type of thing. Um, it does like that. It's exactly that's really what it sounds like. It sounds like nothing to do with most of the horror franchises that you know we grew up with as far as the characterizations go. But we'll love to see the footage. I mean, you get Michael Myers unleashed in Halloween 6. I know that it's not a favorite of you guys, but in the hospital sequence, he's unleashed. But in Halloween 5, it was just up the ante to 11 with the M16 being used as a weapon, with all these SWAT team members being just mowed down by Michael. Um, so, yeah. Sounds like what goes yeah. on in Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he was ahead of his time. But yeah, that uh, the Man in Black was played by John Shanks in that movie because they were setting it up to be Michael Myers' brother, and that uh, plot point got lost because they just didn't know what they wanted to do with that character until Halloween Six, where they said, "Mr. Ryan, you're old." You oh, I would have been so much, dude. I would have been so, so, so much more satisfied if that was the way they went with Halloween Six. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to have happened. It was supposed to be his twin brother coming in to, to care for Michael, but they dropped it. Instead, they put Mitchell Ryan in it, and they said, you could be uh, win. Yeah, remember that guy from Halloween 1 that was in that 30-second wow. spot? That was only on the television cut? No, no, that was in the theatrical, where Dr. Wynn tells Loomis that he's not going to Haddonfield. And he's like, well, he couldn't have driven the car. He's like, he was doing very well last night. Oh, okay, okay. And, you know what I was thinking about yeah, the, uh, the boardroom scene or whatever. No, yeah, that was the TV cut where they were telling him that Michael's just going to stay where he is, and everything's fine. <laughs> that was the TV cut. But yeah, so that's uh, that was Win in the original, and then Mitchell Ryan played him in Halloween Six. It made no fucking sense, but I still stand by that movie. Still like it. All right, so Doc, uh, okay. I'm hungry. I don't know if you are, but. Uh, I got my sushi out, getting ready to dive in. Yes. Hot dog and sushi. Hot dog and sushi. Uh, this, <laughs> this week on Talking Terror, it was my extreme delight to bring to you uh, Dead Sushi uh, mm. from 2012, a Japanese comedy horror directed by Noboru Aguchi uh, in oh, the Nobuchi movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi. Um, this is just, uh, you know, an interesting little comedy <laughs> horror movie from Japan. Uh, in involves uh, a serum that turns, uh, you know, sushi into man-eating monsters. Um, it involves like double-crossing in pharmaceutical companies. It involves, uh, you know, failing sushi chefs in the eyes of fathers. Uh, it's a hero's journey. It's a redemption story. It's all of the above and more uh, on here with Dead Sushi from 2012. 
And what, right. and what did you think of it? What, no, what did he think of it? <laughs> Me? Yeah. What it was your I pick, think. Doc. Yes, it is yes, my pick. Son. I think that this movie is just absolutely fun and delightful. Um, mm. I, 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 I kid you not. I truly, truly, truly enjoy this. I think it's super fun, and there's an underlying little reason for that. Um, as I've talked about uh, many times on this show before, uh, cooking and food uh, is something that is of the utmost important to me, importance to me and is also a huge part of my life. Maybe my biggest hobby aside from playing hockey. Now, yes, one, I have done, yes, I have done a lot of research. I have done a lot of reading um, and have watched some documentaries about sushi in the country of Japan. And I, there is an element of this that I think that is a, I feel that there is a tremendously hilarious satire on how fucking serious those motherfuckers over there take that shit. Um, you know, all of that stuff about the rice and how to form the rice and pushing the rice and all of this, as well as uh, the kind of obsession with tuna, like the way all of those businessmen are like tuna, 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 like that, like that is some serious shit right there. Like that's how the tuna is viewed. Um, you know, there is yeah. no humor. There is no humor in sushi in Japanese culture. They take that shit beyond serious. In fact, like there, there are some world renowned. There was a very famous documentary. I don't know if any of you have seen it called uh, Hiro nope. Dreams of Sushi. Uh, it's about a Japanese man that has like the the the, the numero uno sushi restaurant in Japan. Like, oh, I've, his heard, son, I've heard of it. It's 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 fascinating to watch. It truly is. But his son, like the guy's son who's been working underneath him now, the guy the the main character is super old. His son has like been working underneath him for fifty years, for fifty years, and still doesn't feel that he will ever be worthy enough to like succeed from his father, succeed from his father when his father passes away. Like he held, and he thinks of it as like his life's greatest dishonor that he can't learn the proper way to cut and the proper way to plate and all of the stuff that goes along with just, and we're not talking about fancy sushi rolls. We're talking about a slice of fish on a piece of rice. Uh, so uh, there, I, I found there to be some great satire uh, on Japanese tuna and sushi uh, obsession. And that's part of what brought some enjoyment uh, to this movie for me. So um, okay. I, maybe that brings in some more context, but that's how I felt watching yeah. it. No, all right, very cool. Uh, cool. What do you think about that sushi? You know, this movie. I, I want to honestly say I came in, you know, expecting the utter worst uh, that could it's possibly so come out of a film. <laughs> um, thankfully. I won't say that the movie was 100% horrible, because it wasn't. Uh, it was uneven, though. There were moments that made me crack up hysterical, and then there were moments where it just felt kind of tedious, and, you know, like, they, they just, maybe it's their style of comedy, or maybe it's just the, the way they were framing certain parts of it. Uh, but that being said, yeah, you know what? Uh, overall, this was a fun little film. I found it to kind of be funny and silly, and if you don't take it serious, it's not bad. And Now, I don't think I was under the right frame of mind for it, number one, 
number two, I really think that this is the kind of movie that may be more enjoyable the more people you are watching it with. Uh, unfortunately, I was yeah. watching it alone. Or more alcohol you have. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I don't, I don't partake in, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, seriously, just fucking, uh, seriously, he's been sober for over three years, and you're going to tell him he should be drinking when he's watching this? Well, I know, I know. No, I was talking. I was talking about me. I'm just making <laughs> yes. jokes, monkey. Don't get all sensitive on me. <laughs> what? Fucking snowflake. <laughs> all right, monkey. What do you think about that sushi? Um, I had fun with this movie. I really did. Um, just because I grew up watching uh, martial arts movies, I grew up sushi watching makers. Asian action movies. Um. You know, and then uh, along with growing up and watching shit like, you know, Ultraman, Power Rangers, um, and the fact that, that we had some actors tie into a spinoff show from this, you know, uh, you know, same thing, watching th- movies like The Giver, Black Mask, you know, all of those weird Japanese action movies where there's, a, you know, fell into the comic book genre that was at the time, so it was bad monster effects mixed with martial arts. So I was just enjoying this movie for what it was, you know, and again, I watched tons of anime. So, you know, the mentality that was going on through here, I could easily, you know, pick up on this, catch it while still enjoying the humor that was coming out on. And I had fun watching this movie. I really did. (laughs) It's like, but at the same time, I agree with the ghoul where the pacing felt off at times. Like it, you know, it seemed like it would just fall off kilter at times and, like, just come to a dead stop. And, again, I don't know if that's just Asian pacing, you know, for the movies, but I had fun with it. It was good. I can't wait to talk about this. King, what did you think of this, Jim? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Top I, five. I, God, I mean, this, this movie was an exercise uh, for me. Um, but it made me kind of think a little bit because I didn't enjoy it. Um, I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't laugh. I didn't think it was good. Um, you know, I was, you know, it, it had kind of cool gore moments, I guess, if I wanted to say something positive about the film. But it kind of made me think because it was what the monkey brought up last night. He said, uh, King, you're a huge fan of trauma and you love Lloyd. So why didn't you like that sushi? And I said, I just I think that Lloyd does it a different way than Noboru Raguchi did with that sushi. I feel like Lloyd, he has fun making his movies. He does it his own way. And I felt like with Dead Sushi, they were just trying to make the most absurd film that they possibly could with the content that they well, had. Okay, well, well, but you don't think Lloyd is trying to do that? It's like Lloyd well, just having fun. Thing. I think. Yeah, like Lloyd, and these guys, just, you know, yeah. Yeah, and the, and these guys were just trying to have a fun time because this director has also been known for doing serious martial arts movies. He's he's done some serious kick ass martial arts movies, and he did this movie with the intention of he wants to do a fun, silly movie, you know. And that's why, like, I just can't understand how you can love Lloyd, but you just can't get on board the wackiness that was on with this movie. Like, was it just was it literally lost in translation to you? Or it possibly is. I mean, possibly. No, that's a different movie. It has Bill Murray. It's um, <laughs> got Bill Murray, maybe, man. That, yeah, that, maybe that's what it was, honestly. It's just, I just I didn't like it. Like, I, I've watched so many trauma movies, 
And I can recommend so many of them. They're way over the top and stupid and funny. And just, I, I just, with Dead Sushi, it was lost on me. I just, I felt like everything was forced. Like it was just an hour and a half of just, we're going to try to force these jokes down your throat and you're going to have to laugh at some point. And I just didn't get it. Like, just, there were just so many scenes where I'm like, why? Like, why is this funny? I definitely, I definitely felt the trauma. I don't, I don't know if I want to say influence, because, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know how much this yeah. guy, know, go, guy knows of trauma, but that's what this movie reminded me of. Yeah, um, yep. yeah I mean, I, I think my biggest complaint, if I was to bring anything up for it, I would have much preferred less digital throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it would have been funnier to have seen... People, you know, obviously you're not going to see the people throwing them, but like actual physical sushi getting thrown around, you know, like hitting right. the people. Like they would we've never got these do that. Bloods. They would never throw actual tuna, man. They take that shit too seriously. They would never throw Okay, so real still, fish. they're fucking plastic <laughs> props. Either way, it still didn't right. need to be like silly-looking digital tuna. I'm talking Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which I do know is one of this director's influences for this movie. Um, and I love you know, that movie. Into the, into the history of this movie, the guy said he loved that movie. He loved Piranha from 2010, which got uh, whatever mm-hmm. 2000 whatever in the you know the the remake of Piranha. Um, right. That was so popular in Japan, which was why he ended up wanting to make this movie. Um, so taking that and taking Killer Tomatoes into into mind, he came up with this whole idea. So why not use like actual pieces of not real? It's not real sushi because they take it so serious. At least right. make a physical thing. The blood spray. You got blood splattering everywhere digitally, which isn't getting on anybody. You know, like I want to yeah. yeah. love to have seen messy blood and characters covered in blood, just like fucking you know, dead alive and stuff like that. Like that's what this movie was lacking. It was. I, I agree. I agree with you, man. Especially about the gore. Here is unfortunately, um, I've noticed that the a lot of the lower budget horror movies have been using a lot of CGI blood because it's cheaper, it's easier, you know, like definitely easier to clean up and stuff like that. And it, But at the same time, it just, just doesn't work, you know. And especially when we have a couple scenes where we're having practical blood mixed with CGI blood, um, you know, later in, the, in later, later in the movie. It just doesn't blend right. You know, choose one or the other, but, you know, um, see, I don't even mind that. I don't mind the blending. I just feel like if you're going to, okay, if you're going to have that, where you're going to have the CGI blood and then you're going to mix in some, you know, real practical blood, fine. I'm taking this movie for what it is. Fucking sushi is getting bit, you know, and, and flying around and attacking other people and doing this and that. So, getting bit, don't forget like my, getting my bit problem by, is getting bit by an attacking flying squid. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> an attacking flying squid. A guy I was talking to at one point, which reminded <laughs> me very much of um oh what the fuck I can't remember the actor's name at the moment but from Wet Hot Crazy Summer Wet Hot American Summer when he's talking to the fucking can of soup. Oh, Chris Maloney. <laughs> yes, Chris Maloney. <laughs> yeah, from Happy, which is on uh, Sci-Fi right now. But yeah, um. Yeah. Yeah, because you have Chico. It's a weird, weird he, show. I've only watched a couple of episodes of that. That is a bizarre fun. show, and yeah, I enjoy it. To, to check out if you like uh, alternative style black comedy that you know definitely under the influence of uh, of certain psychotropics. 
Okay, uh, here's the most interesting viewing. Ghoul, I want to I say, uh, dude, you are so fucking strong for being able to watch that show dry just because we know what you've gone through. And seriously, like, you know, just taking a minute to go, you know, props to you for staying sober, especially for watching this show, <laughs> that particular show. <laughs> and But at the same time, like, f- finish season one, you're going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Finish season one is a fun fucking ride, man. <laughs> yeah, I just finished season one recently. Look, look at look um, at the monkey trying to make up for telling you to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you're sober, dude. But anyway, yeah, drink. You know, you know, Doc, you can lick my tuna hole. You know that. <laughs> Oh man, you that's brought a, up that's the tuna hole. Really? That's, a, that's that's what you got for me. That's the best you got. That's I mean, that's a, that's a serious insult, bro. He asked you to fucking lick it. He wants you to lick his tuna hole. I mean, I mean, the one positive about this movie, though, is that I mean, there is some pacing issues, but I do like the fact that when Kiko runs away and from her father, who doesn't think that he's going to be a good sushi chef, when she gets to the end, things kind of escalate pretty quickly. Uh, from the jump, with the homeless man eating fucking sushi outside. Um, you do get the great effect of the giant squid that we were talking about that comes to life uh, when it cuts off the girl's head and it lands on the, her boyfriend's face <laughs> and the blah, 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 like, you know, kissing each other. I was like, okay, I like this. It's kind of a fun effect. You know, it's practical, but a little bit of CGI in there. I liked it. But they were kicking it off pretty well, I thought, when, with the what he can yeah. do with this sushi, what he could do with the squid. You know, you were going to be in for something. Yeah. You just didn't know what yeah. until it's revealed that he was a, a disgraced employee of this pharmaceutical company, and he's got this serum, like Herbert West, that can reanimate yeah, exactly. sushi. Which yeah. was the other thing that I thought about with this movie, was the reanimator. Like, you could definitely feel yeah. like that was some inspiration for this movie. Well, absolutely. I thought so. especially, yeah. especially when, the you know, it was... The, especially when the serum was bright fucking yellow, you know, it, it wasn't glowing, mm-hmm. but it was definitely bright yellow, you know. But, but the way you know, they the, handled it wasn't so great. <laughs> what did you think about, did you think at all about gremlins when it came to the egg sushi? No. Was it gremlins? Did you call <laughs> gremlins? What the Just like fuck? The, like the, egg, the egg sushi was like a, you know, like bullied by the other sushi and was like kind of like a good guy. Like Gizmo. I didn't get See, that. Uh, okay. I'm not saying that that's. Uh, I had like a brief moment where I thought that. I'm not saying that that's what. The I mean, no, but was I mean, maybe that was what he was going for. I don't know. I don't know. And he sang too. He sang. He was like la la. Yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He sang. Eggy the sushi that nobody likes. Okay. Egg, and they all like any sushi yeah. that sings like that. It can't be completely bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but uh, uh, go ahead, monkey. Well, I was gonna say, as things start to turn bad and bad and get worse and worse, I really enjoy how all of her years of you know sushi training turns into kick-ass martial arts that's gonna show up later. You know, and I just I just love the cheesy martial arts that they kept bringing into this movie. <laughs> with, with they tried, but the. The one thing, Monkey, and I want to bring this up because we talked about it last night. She's actually an accomplished martial artist, just so you know. She's actually really good. Yeah, 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 she is. Yeah, ever since her first movie, which was, I think, High Kid Girl. um, Yep. You know, and yeah, and she's actually, like, studied ever since she was a kid. 
um, yeah, she's she's like ten or eleven. She's like a black belt in Hakido or something. Yeah. So, did you look up her shit on IMDb where like she was actually studying to um, uh, preserve honor for her family? No, no, I didn't get that far, man. Honor and tuna, man. No, because I saw this shit where, um, no, her fortune and glory. Yeah, no, her her father studied martial arts, and as a kid, she saw her father losing the tournaments. So to preserve that's right, and then she wanted to fight and beat the guy. I did read that. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, 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 and she went and started studying martial arts from that day on, to so that she can carry on the family name and. You know, continue on martial arts. I think that's fucking bad as shit, man. <laughs> and then she was in Dead Sushi. Dude, that's like when. Um, great honor. That's like when Tommy Lee's brother got killed in the best of the best and he had to fight uh, the fighter that killed his brother. <laughs> that's fucking right, man. <laughs> Dehan, yeah. Dehan Park. Yeah. You gotta fight Dehan. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, or, but, or, but, or, or or kickboxer with Van Damme. I love that. I love that first movie, dude. That first movie, you know, so that's one of those, like, it's so absurd. It's so absurd. But I remember when I saw that, it was like one of those like perfect ages where like I got like attached to the characters emotionally and like felt it. You know, it was one of those that it was okay I know, if dude, you were a guy dude, and it pulled the tears out of your face. Yeah, dude, the ending sequence when they all fucking limp across to give their medals, it was heart-wrenching. And what, like, uh-huh. when you go back and watch the movie now, what's fucking hilarious is that all of the fighting commentary is done by Ahmad Rashad. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, Ahmad Rashad from the NBA and hanging with Michael Jordan, dude. He's, like, the fucking mm-hmm. the fight, like, the, the analyst and the play-by-play. It's all, like, and he's on screen, like, with the mic. I'm Ahmad Rashad coming to you from the Karate Championship. God, I never even thought about it. I haven't seen that in so long. (laughs) Like, I know how absurd, like, the sequels got with that. Like, like, you know, they just, they they got all kinds of crazy with it. But that that first movie is the one that I uh, I always appreciate. I know everything there is to know about you. (laughs) I know everything there is that I ever need to know about you, man. Well, plus it was also one of the few martial arts movies that actually covered Taekwondo as opposed to, you know, Kung Fu or Karate or... Is James Earl Jones and Sally Kirkland? Yeah. So, you know what it is, too, is it was one of those martial arts movies that didn't have, like, over-the-top, ridiculous martial arts. You know, like, the actual fighting felt more realistic in its execution. When mm-hmm. Eric Roberts is screaming when his shoulder is like, pop it! Pop it! <laughs> <laughs> that, that part, no. <laughs> okay. But you know what? Was that right. any less silly when we saw fucking Riggs do it and lead the weapon? I know. Well, they set that up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. All right. But, yeah. But we get back to Kiko's martial arts in the movie and... <laughs> And it's just she's not able to sit there and carry her weight in the end because apparently she's decided to drop. Yeah, she's decided to drop all stuff having to do with sushi making, and for some reason decides to sit there and be a really bad hostess in a, in a hentai that's getting ready to happen. You know, well the fucking <laughs> I like, mean it's a, 
we have the, the sushi flying at a certain point because of the, the guy from the, the pharmaceutical oh, company, the one that's doing the reanimator shit. But the sushi, so it's flying around, it's taking care of people, it's killing people. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about, because you have a scene where the head of the, the pharmaceutical company is running away from all the sushi. He runs into a hot tub, and he's like, I'm, I'm fine, I'm going to get away from all the sushi. And this, this Japanese girl comes walking in, holding a towel to her jai-jai. And I was like, all right, so they can't show pussy in Japan? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, no, we, we, right. we've discussed Asian porn plenty of times on this show, you know, how they blur it all out and all that because of their strict laws okay. regarding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to explain this to King last night. Okay, the way this works is, yeah, if you show any genitalia, it is illegal in Japan, all right? If you're watching hentai, it is illegal for the Japanese company to animate genitalia. So if it's actually Japanese studio and they're making it in Japan, they have to blur it or digitize it. The way they get around that is if you're watching hentai and you're watching a Japanese cartoon porn and you actually show the junk, the way they get around that is those parts are subsidized over to a Chinese animation studio and then it's done over there, and then it's added back to the movie, and they can then they can show the part. But yeah, King, just so you understand, yeah, there are laws like the ghoul said of no showing the junk downstairs, which is why there was a tell there. All right. I mean, it went yes, to a great we, scene with the, the guy getting his head cut yeah. off, and she's like, "Oh, it's just so was, warm. It's yeah. so nice." Like, oh, yeah. Believe me, know. you know what? And no, I mean, we see too. that with American cinema too. You know, it's not like we get to see everything you're very like you know the cool girl always complains yeah. that you never see enough dick in movies um, you know, there's yeah. always you know there's, a, there's always a lot of bush you know there's always boobs obviously but there's uh, you know very rarely uh male junk but as far as the the japanese porn blockages go yeah you know there's a, a specific video of mia malkova getting fucking molested on a bus that i would love to see an uncut version of man because she looks so fucking hot in it with her glasses and this little business look that she's got going on and uh yeah so well, it's it's yeah, bummed out because everything's blurred yeah you're talking well, about I the did. boobs and you're talking about the hot tub in the sauna scene, but we're also forgetting uh, the part where uh, the the one the one perv dude that's running around uh, is trying to uh, you know the the henchwoman the henchwoman that Keiko is fighting uh, who now has the piece of uh, you know salmon egg sushi uh, biting on the edge of her tongue. Like yep. I thought it was hilarious, like how much time they dedicated to that dude's debate about trying to touch her. Uh, well, I'm going to touch it now. I'm sending uh-huh. it away. I'm going to touch it. Okay. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, no, King, jump in here because this is one of your major gripes was this specific scene. So I want you I on the job to discuss the scene. No, come, come why, on. Why did you hate the scene? Because it was just so drawn out. Like, I would end it already, please. <laughs> like, why do you have to keep so going? Funny. Like he's, I'm, I'm supposed to be this away. I don't know. I might touch it. Okay. Well, no. There's no sushi in her mouth. I can still do it. I can still touch the boobies. Well, again, I mean, you know, you're talking about a culture in which they are. I mean, I don't want to say yeah. There's a lot of reservations. There is, you know, a lot of it's got to do with honor, and a lot of it's got to do with all kinds of things. Like I can honestly say, during my. Uh, um, hmm. How do you say this with it staying? I guess you can't say it while it's clean, you know. But my visitations with uh, of the Asian persuasion, 
Um, let's say. Hey, oh, nice rock. They when are you, when you very, when you got all Bill Kraft. Asian visitors. Very, <laughs> very sensitive Robin body does. parts, to say the least. Your Bob Kraft era. Um, they're they're <laughs> very receptive to being touched because you can tell they're not touched very often. Yeah. Well. I. I no, um, no, because right, right here, it's like, honestly, it's like I, uh, one time I worked for an Asian company, um, and I would just, you know, walk up to someone and be like, hey, how's it going? You know, and you just you walk up to come the back. <laughs> Don't and, look them in the no, eyes. And you, no, and you would smack them on the back like you would your buddy, you know, being like, you know, and, and no, and like the ghoul said, you know, all of a sudden you seem like you're a fucking shiver, and it's like, dude, what the fuck, How oh, dare you touch me, monkey? You know, How oh, dare you touch me on the back? I was I, more talking about genitalia, not back slapping, but I, I see where you're going uh, with that. Yeah, no, but it's just because I'll tell you, like, the, the guys fucking love the porn. Because when, you know, when I would go to my coworkers' houses and stuff like that, you know, pick them up and go hang out at the bar. Yeah, their Circle houses jack. would be lo- – Yeah, that too. Uh, their houses would be loaded with fucking porn, but still, they would be so shy about approaching women. You know, even though they were now living here in America, wait, the house, a to hook the, up house with American the house was filled with porn, but they were shy about approaching women. Are you talking about the Winchester? <laughs> That's my apartment. Oh, oh yeah, I got plenty oh. of porn. Plenty such women. Oh, oh damn! And and welcome back That's to Burn Corner. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, burn Corner. <laughs> yep, he's got me. I'm in the burn war. But now. also. But also that pervy dude on his quest, don't forget, then he was, you know, he had that, that flying squid completely through his face, and his face was being completely stretched open, and he was begging for... Hell Ranger style. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's just... Jesus. That was the other Jesus question I whipped. had, is because you have the one guy with the squid through his face. Jesus asking, uh, <laughs> Exactly, cool. <laughs> he's asking the girl to kiss her as he's got the squid through his face, but then the fish man comes, and he's like, I need to kiss I need a kiss. I'm like, what the fuck is with this guy? Like, why does everybody <laughs> he, want a kiss? He needs very horny. <laughs> he did everybody want to his life validated, dude. Otherwise, he felt like his entire life was a waste. And here he is. He's going to die. And that's a bummer. And he knows that it's his end. And he wants to feel like at least he got something out of his life. You know, okay, he, couldn't what about, be the, he couldn't be the one to tell the boss that what needed to be done. He's a, probably right. a virgin. He's probably never even kissed a girl, you know? He's but never what been about, when the, the but what about when the the pharmaceutical like the the disgraced guy turns into a tuna man and he's asking Kiko to kiss her over and over again? The fuck is he? Well, <laughs> okay, everybody wants to yeah, repress society. Man. Girl, man. She's an attractive girl, man. She's an attractive girl. Everybody wait, just wants a okay. kiss. Because what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, and and during that fight scene. He sits there and smack, you know, hit her on the ass because they were in the middle of a fight, and all of a sudden he goes, "Oh, you wake to my sexual senses now, ha ha ha!" And now we're gonna go all super fucked up Power Rangers with Fishhead here sitting there trying to get a piece of ass, okay? And all I kept thinking about was the South Park song when they had the fighting with weapons episode. Let's fighting love, like I was like the entire fucking scene when they're fighting. Hey hey, let's go to buy soon. I'm like yeah, I know. Fucking movie, dang! <laughs> what it needs to do. <laughs> you know, I didn't I, get I it. Having, seriously, I was having fun with all these moments, especially like even the moments where we have our little pharmaceutical company. We have the bad guy. We have the guy who thinks Luke is gonna be the good guy. You know, oh, the Japanese Justin Bieber. 
yeah. I love when there's just like thousands of pieces of fucking sushi flying all over the place like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Have they skinned the one woman? I thought that was great. (laughs) You know, they just tear her skin apart. Uh, It was was a good effect. I liked it. Um, Didn't like Yumi with her fucking disgusting Japanese egg kiss with uh, Tushita. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. All right, yeah. Dude, right, that yeah. was okay. hysterical. That had me that fucking was fucking dying. Gross. I was so fucking gross. Oh, it was nasty, but oh my god, like that was one of the scenes that, like I said, things are uneven. Like that scene going on, I was holding my stomach laughing. With that With scene, the... I, I, I was, I was like all practically gagging on that shit. I was just like, <laughs> me too. Ah, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, especially when he gets his fucking nose cut off because he's trying to fight off the sushi. Then she's like, oh, no, your nose. Oh, no, your mouth. Like, I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, what? God, you no, we're, we, we were talking about the egg scene. What, what the hell? Yeah, I thought he got later when he, get, when he cuts off his own nose and his own mouth. When he's fighting because the sushi. That was, Jesus, because no, that was your mouth. Symbol- because, dude, I told you, that was symbolism. Of all that he's been doing to this fish for his entire career, he is now doing to himself and turning himself into pieces of sushi Good. like he did to all of the fish. Okay? Let's fucking yeah, die. Give me that for the layer fish. I'm sorry. Fucking <laughs> 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 movie. <laughs> what a love that. Japanese McDonald's commercial in this movie. For <laughs> <laughs> fish. Hey, ah! I was like, so happy. No, that's not what we get. <laughs> We get Eggie that can burn acid with when you say poon, he just burns acid. <laughs> no, no, and you know, it said poon. She needs to be fingered. Yeah, she spanked it. She spanked it. Oh, Eggie says poon. Okay, I thought they were saying poon. I didn't know what was the fucking going on. I was like, fucking saying poon. I was like, poon tang? Hell yeah, I love poon tang. Shout out to I like that movie. You, oh, this you movie like was poon-tang? way better than poon like tang. It was not better than Pootie Tang, I'm sorry. Nope. I no think way. it was, man. Pootie Tang, you know that what? Unfortunately, is. as somebody that really likes racist, like, silly black comedy like that, I had high expectations for Pootie Tang, and it disappointed terribly. I really you thought that was going to be a... I, cool. I, I, King, I agree with you. I, cool. wow. I agree with you 100%, Cool. I did you not know, go like, in the yeah, movie. My high expectations meaning that it was supposed to be very funny, very like, you know, I don't know. Like, I expected a, a better level of comedy than what that movie ended up being. I expected yeah, any know. level of Enjoy comedy, dude. I thought degree. that was one of the most unfunniest movies I've ever seen. And I liked that I'll, movie. I think it's funny. Since I've come it's around a... and appreciate a little bit of it, but definitely nowhere near as what I wanted to. Yeah, I was I don't expecting know. more. I'll, me personally, I was expecting more of a "I'm gonna get you, sucker" kind of thing in this movie. Yeah, like I was, was expecting better. something hard like that, and no, I just wasn't getting it, man. That movie no, just I, didn't deliver. But I still enjoy it. It's still a, a fun one. I mean, it's not. I, feel like, like, I hear what you're time. saying, Monkey. I feel like that's a different thing. Like I've seen a whole bunch of the movies. I had like a black exploitation phase where I watched all those movies that, uh, you know, "I'm gonna get you, sucker" was based on, and like I feel like "I'm gonna get you, sucker" is just like. I feel like I'm gonna get you suckers. Just like fun satire. Um, I didn't. I don't know. Pootie Tang did zero for me. Like I really thought it's one of the most unfunniest movies that I've ever seen. I was just one of the I mean, you know, I, I just I, I enjoyed I, it. Ah, um, uh, geez. You're, okay, so you enjoyed that, but you didn't like this movie. Okay, no, let the monkey way. talk. <laughs> for God's yeah. sake, let the monkey <laughs> speak. <laughs> I don't no, want to talk. Bad. 
But as the movie progresses, we're seeing Kiko get more and more comfortable with herself. She's getting more comfortable with her sushi martial arts. She's, you know, and she's, yeah. And she's, you know, yes, exactly. And, you know, she's becoming more confident in herself. She doesn't realize it, but she is. Well, she is because she makes sushi nunchucks. Obviously, she's comfortable in who she is now. Because now she knows she how to make sushi no trucks. Yeah, I mean, that, that whole thing, where she makes the sushi nut trucks. You have the one guy, the sushi chef that isn't a sushi chef, who can scream really loud. Like fucking but he was the former the sushi thing. chef. Then he becomes banshee. Yeah, the well, okay, well, see, here's the sarcasm there. And this is something where if you know a little bit about who the actors are, he's actually a singer. He's not an actor. Yes, he is. So yep. I think that that, that helps to know, because I thought that was kind of weird, too, until I looked <laughs> it up and realized that, okay, he's a singer, and that makes sense why they would use him in that, in that regard. Uh, and it worked. I mean, I didn't mind it. Did he no, sing the song with the egg sang? No, that was a different actor. That was a voice actor, the eggy voice. So, yeah, I can't remember the actor's name, but it wasn't him. Because I was totally lost on that part, Ghoul. Thank you so much for throwing that in there, man, because I was confused as fuck, too, about the whole voice thing. All right, that that adds a whole new level to it now. All right. It makes sense in the grand scheme uh, with the final battle with Tuna Man and Sagawa and Kiko, where apparently Tuna Man can make a battleship out of sushi. And, and goes around with a giant, and goes around with a giant Dungeons and Dragons axe. I fucking loved it. <laughs> like I don't know where the fuck he got this axe, but I was fucking loving it because we've got this big tuna head guy going around with this giant axe. It was seriously something straight out of Power Rangers. I was fucking digging it, man. You know. <laughs> I know, I know you were. You told me how much you dug it. <laughs> but I was just like, all right, so we have a sushi roll battleship now. That's flying around and shooting off rounds to kill off Kiko. But Eggie's not done. Eggie still has some more work to do to defeat this man. <laughs> save the fucking day. <laughs> I agree. You know, oh, go ahead, Ghoul. No, I was going to say, I mean, you know, like uh, a movie that I enjoy that I don't know how many other people do, but, you know, the Kung Pao film. You know, so like there were scenes lot, yeah. in, in oh, that movie so that reminded me of this. Like when, when all the ships, all the pyramids come down, you know, and they're, they're blaring <laughs> yeah. out their French music. Like the CGI is horrific, and that's what this ship looks like. The battleship looks silly, but it's, you know, it's all part of the fun. I am honestly glad, though, at this point that I know the movie is nearing its end because I do feel like this is where it's starting to, like, wear on me. Like, there's only (laughs) so much of this silliness that I can take. (laughs) You can call me Debbie. (laughs) Betty. (laughs) Betty is a girl's name. (laughs) What's what I can do? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we're reaching the end. With with Eggy coming back to fight off against the battleship, um, it was just it, one again. Again, it felt like they were kind of going towards that end with the chain, with uh, the fishman and blowing him out of the the warehouse that they were fighting in. Yeah, so glad. Oh no, I failed. I didn't do it. No. Yeah, now he's fireworks. Yeah. In the shape yeah, of a yeah. fish. 
Well, it's like, you know, I took it as, like, you know, he's trying to be Luke Skywalker, taking on the Death Star kind of thing, you know, but this time he Which they had died. Star Wars effects in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, original <laughs> Star Wars. They had lightsaber effects <laughs> when she's got yeah, shit in her hair. Oh, Oh, you're going all over this film, King, forwards and backwards. Yes, they did use lightsaber sound effects one time during the movie when she had some porta shrimp stuck in her hair, you know, swinging around and it sounded like a lightsaber for some fucking reason. I don't Star know Wars, why. Number one movie in Japan. Hiya! <laughs> number one movie all over the fucking world, bitch. Damn. Show Star Wars. Japan, number one movie. <laughs> C-3PO, number one hero. <laughs> He's Golden Josh. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I felt about. But yeah, he bursts in the fireworks and then takes the shape of a fish. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We got it. It's it's over. You know, the villain's been defeated. And now the guy was like, oh, hey, everything's cool again. So I guess you're going to go home now, right? Oh, yeah. Going to go back home and everything's fine. But he cuts the nose out of the fish, which is the one thing I forgot to mention is that Sagawa, he cuts the, the teeth out of the fish so he can make it and, edible. Oh, all right. And the nerve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah, he, he cut the nerve out so yeah. he could eat it. Yeah, okay. So, okay, so we have this weird scene where, you know, Kiko's been going around kicking ass kung fu style. You know, Sagawa's been going around, you know, fight, fighting shrimp and, uh, you know, fighting off the killer sushi, removing the nerves and turning them back into normal sushi. And then after they have their big battle, you know, he's like, you know, here, I made special sushi just for you, you know, I want you to eat it. I'm sorry. After this giant battle, though, and it's, you know, <laughs> we have our shady sushi chef who hasn't cooked in tw- 20 years or whatever, and he's like, yeah, don't worry. I did everything right. I want you to eat this killer sushi that might possibly be wrong. I'm going to take a pass on that one. You know, but she, you know, she's no, like, no, you know, it was fine. <laughs> You're going to be fine. You know, eat it. She does. And, yeah, I mean, that was the other thing, too. I know that the doc brought it up earlier about how sacred sushi is in Japan. They had a lot of up close shots of them eating sushi and like, oh, I didn't need that. You know, just shoving the whole I fucking love, thing I in the mouth. Sushi. I do. I mean, I, I'm a huge so fan much. of sushi. I will go to a Chinese, uh, Japanese buffet and I will eat my weight in sushi. I yeah. love it. This well, movie, I'll, don't, I don't know if I want to eat it anymore. Forget, okay. And don't forget, okay, King, I'm going to bring this out. While King was watching this movie, King had to go and get some sushi because this movie actually made him crave. I did. <laughs> the movie did yeah, it. I went, I went to uh, Sakura downtown, which is a local sushi joint, and I actually had to like buy fifty dollars of the sushi. And I ate it. And I, like, I hate myself. I was like, I'm sitting here with fifty dollars of the sushi. I'm like, I fucking hate this movie, but sushi's so fucking oh, good. Oh no! I mean, that's that's see, that's that's a regular for me and the uh, the ghoul girl, man. We uh, so you know, unfortunately, we end up getting sushi, and you know, we're always like, all right, we're not going to spend that much. We're not going to spend that much, and then you know, I don't know, two, you know, a quarter what? soup later, and bunch of rolls and maybe a poke bowl oh, or yeah. two with some fucking edamame and you name it, we get a whole bunch of things and it's like a 60 or fucking $70 bill and it's just like, yeah, we're bad. Oh, Happens I know. Every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely, you know, if you ever come down to my city and you want to hang out, go to Tsunami Express, shout out to Chen, makes the best dragon roll in the city. I've had it. Well, it's awesome. It's, <laughs> well, it's because you, you always start off with the simple rolls. 
you know, of, you know, that they bring you by the three or something like that. And you're like, well, let's start hitting the singles. And that's when the singles start piling up. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it adds up. <laughs> you know, next thing you know, you're $80 deep in sushi. You're like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. You know, I'm going to be hungry in like, an hour. It's like, fuck, I really shouldn't have done that spider roll, that $12 spider yeah. roll. <laughs> but it's so good. Mm. Spider rolls are and, so good, though. Oh, and Tsunami Express downtown for me, as I was talking about, they have a Godzilla roll that's spicy as shit, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I could order that any time yeah. of the week. Yeah. Um, but, but so yeah, I, definitely had to switch you while watching this because I was so hungry. But but as the story closes, she returns home to her father. You know, and we have this weird moment where she comes in, and you know, the father says, "Oh, you've grown up while you're gone." Because she's more confident of herself, you know, and then he makes this weird comment of, you know, my daughter's left, but we, a, a young, handsome sushi chef has come back. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we got earlier, though, because, again, you got to remember, we're talking about a society that, well, maybe not Middle Eastern in its view on women, right. does view women as a lower sect of society. Yeah. They are there to serve mm-hmm. the men. Yeah. They are there to be, you know, yeah. obedient, essentially. So a woman can never be as good in their eyes. A woman can never be as good a chef yeah. as a yeah. man could and right. so forth. Well, he did have that right. great line at the beginning of the movie where he's like, it smells even more like fish in here now. Because you failed me. Yes. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Did that <laughs> You're a woman. line that made me crack up? <laughs> I love that line. I'm like, oh my god, he went there. There's his own fucking daughter. <laughs> but but when she comes you know, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. But ahead, in the closing, we have a we have a piece of flying, you know, sushi because apparently they're not all gone. You know, they're still floating around in this universe. One comes yeah. flying at the dad. She sits there and snatches it out. Z veins the motherfucker, rolls it, it, serves it up all kung fu style, and talks about she's the only one that can serve man eating sushi. Papa. <laughs> You know, I actually kind of like that part too. I actually kind of dug I, that. Yeah, I, just her, I, the way I, that she said it in Japanese. I don't know. Yeah, no, but it's just I, I dug that closing is that she, you know, she has finally found her confidence, you know, and found her way in the world and be like, you know, I have now learned my way. You know, I've found my own way in this world, father, and I'm here to I'm kick ass and yeah, and serve food. And we're down to about five minutes. <laughs> Dead Sushi 2, Watch a Boogaloo, coming soon. It's part two, coming soon. Ozone and Turbo? No, this one's going to have Jack Burton. Well, I had fun in Little China, but now I'm about to go down to Little Japan and have myself some Dragon Roll. Little Japan. The Pork Shop Express is rolling through Little Japan. <laughs> oh, I would love that fucking movie. Please, John Carpenter. I know you don't listen to our podcast, but if you do, come on. It's over Little Japan. Yeah. You do. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, that was Dead Sushi from 2012. I mean, it's uh, available. Yeah. I know uh, the, the doc found it free on YouTube, so you can watch it for free on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doc, Doc, thanks for Doc. Thank you for making this pick. I had a great time watching it, man. It was it was my pleasure. Thank you. I know you. I know you set out to torture us with this, but yeah, I, I found it fun as well. No, so. no, and seriously, I, like 
it's been a lot like this is a silly movie and I fully recognize that it's a silly movie and it's been it's like I said the last time I picked like a silly movie was February of 2018 uh, it's been over no the last like silly silly one and I, I think I explained this last week uh, was was uh, Killer Condom like I picked Oz uh, Zombies but when I picked that one uh, like I picked it from a list that I read about the best right. horror you've never heard of on Netflix. So I wasn't like, oh, okay. look at this silly one. Like, I've never seen it, and I, I picked it from a list. So I thought okay. that maybe it would be decent. Uh, things like Killer Condom I picked because of their absurdity. I knew this movie was going to be silly, and I, a lot of my picks have been on the more serious side for over a year, so I wanted to go in a different direction. It's, I, mean, I still like Bloodbeat. So you got me with that one. I still enjoy Bloodbeat. Uh. And I actually that watched was my pick before Killer Condom. It was, and I, I've watched that recently too. What beat? I actually fell asleep to it Why? one night because I was like, I like this movie. It's just it's a fun movie. Uh, I, I think I, should, I think everyone that's ever watched it has fallen asleep to it. Probably, yeah. you know. But it, it's gotten the Blu-ray treatment recently um, through another uh, distribution company. Yeah. But all right, so next week is my pick. Uh, I was going to switch it up with the monkey, but I decided not to. Because uh, my birthday is in two weeks, so I kind of wanted to do a we special. Can, we can still switch. We can. We're not. We're going to keep it the way we do because I know what your pick is, and I actually like what you have. So I'm going to do mine. Okay. Uh, so I'm just okay. going to do my my birthday pick uh, starting off May, uh, and you guys are going to hate me for it. So what? Don't even care at this point. Uh, but I'm going to go to 1979 and cover the unofficial sequel to George Romero's Dawn of the Dead film. With Wichio Fulci's Zombie, a.k.a. Zombie We're 2, doing a.k.a. Zombie Death Eaters. Got a couple titles. I have a link. Uh, we've, we've, seen, we've seen this one. We've seen this one, Ghoul. Um, I'll be, I'll, it'll be interesting to check this one out again. So I will send you the YouTube link. It is free. And I want to cover Wichio Fulci again because I covered him with New York Ripper. I wanted to go back and cover some more Fulci Italian horror. But this was, one that the fucking, was that the one with the quacking duck? That was the quacking duck, New York Ripper. I, this one just I says I'm so glad you're sticking with this. This is awesome. All right. This is cool. <laughs> so, yeah. We're going to cover some Italian horror from 1979. Zombies. Lucio Fulci paying tribute to Romero. Um, I'm excited for it. I know you guys are probably going to be disgusted. But, hey, listen. Five seconds. So I can do what I can do. All right. Anyway. It's his, it's, it's his party. Wait, wait till you and see we, what I have lined up for next time. <laughs> well, we'll get there. All right, uh, so thank you so much, Doc, for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next week for my birthday pick of Wicked Fulci Zombie. Sayonara. <laughs> Monkey, go ahead and sign yourself off. I'm your satanic to me and saying thank you for listening tonight, folks, and letting me come in your ear. Excellent. All right. Uh, go ahead, go and hit us with a plug as we close out. Hey, you know what? We love Asians here at Talking Terror, <laughs> but if you're going to buy, signing buy up on American, okay, you know, go to Bonfire Beat Designs. She's making all kinds of jewelry. She's got all kinds of handcrafted stuff. Uh, she has been soldering things. Like, she's really, really getting creative. I mean, we're talking full-on, full casting done by her. Uh, some some real beautiful things, man. Get to her Etsy shop, uh, Etsy.com backslash shop backslash Bonfire Bee Designs, or just search in the Etsy store, Bonfire Bee Designs, all one word, poof, everything comes up. Look for her stuff on her Facebook page. She's always posting things up there. And just go and buy her stuff, man, because it is beautiful. Sayonara, everybody.
Sayonara! Ah! Awesome. <laughs> Coming out hot. All right. So we're going to close out with that. And as always, I'm your old pal, King RNDG, saying, Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hell yourselves. Hell odorous. We'll see you next time. Cool, close us out. Oh, stay scared. Stay scared, people. Stay scared. Use chopsticks. Use protection. Sorry, that was mean and racist. Stay scared, everybody.